0: one and we're live all right welcome everybody episode two of the weekly purple nba podcast today we've got jj creates with us if you guys don't know who jj is one of the most dedicated up-and-coming graphics artists around basketball he makes thumbnails um you can go ahead and plug your Instagram if you'd like to, JJ.
1: Sure. I haven't posted recently, but hopefully we'll get going and posting later.
0: And that's later uh, in the year. JJ Creates MN on Twitter, correct?
1: Uh, uh Yes.
0: All right. Go give JJ a follow. He's a Wolves fan, and we're going to be talking small markets. We're going to be talking Timberwolves a little bit later in the podcast. But for now... We're gonna get into how we felt about the All-Star Weekend, and primarily, let's start with the dunk contest. Now, did you watch the dunk contest?
1: Uh, yes, I did.
0: <laughs> Unfortunate. <laughs> and what were your initial thoughts?
1: Uh, well, I thought going into it, I thought I thought John Green was gonna be that. You know that bouncy two guard that just kind of floats through that competition, that like, kind of like a Zach Levine stuff like that. But I was very underwhelmed. Like, as, soon, as soon as we saw, um, what was it Cole Anthony take like two, three minutes to get the the tims on, I was
0: like, Yeah, I feel like if he maybe just walked out on the court with the tims and he didn't make like a big old thing about him putting them on, lacing them up. And then he missed like three dunks. it was just I feel like the biggest disaster that they could have asked for. yeah and it's supposed <laughs> to be like it's supposed to be like the the go-to contest, but I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like since the 2016 dunk contest when quote unquote the dunk contest is back, I feel like it's fallen off again.
1: Yeah. i th- I think um, I think the only one that really, only you know, person in this that really had any creativity was um, Obi Toppin. But I think all of his finishes were kind of weak at the end.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. You would have of them. Exactly, if your if your star attraction is Obi Toppin, I think <laughs> there's there's a couple brooding issues there. But I'm not I'm not like against the dunk contest, but It's certainly not what it once was. And it'd be nice if these like star players, like John Morantz of the world, Zion, if he's healthy, um, would participate. But at what point in a player's career are you just like done doing that? Like Zach Levine won it twice, Aaron Gordon lost it like four times. Like what's in it for these star players incentive wise to go out and do the dunk contest? Is there something that they could change about it? Is there some sort of different prize that they could offer? Cause at this rate, it's really just role players. And yeah. That's that's all cool, but maybe even is it is it time for the dunk contest to to go?
1: That's a good question. I know a lot of people recently were saying over the past like week and they were saying that, you know, the way that Dwayne Wade screwed over um, Aaron Gorn was was a big reason for, you know, lack of star power in these.
0: Yeah, he's got a point there. He's really got a point there. I didn't really. I didn't really think about that. Um, just because. Like you expect the judging to be decent. But then you look at some of these judges that are on the panel. You got like the centers of the world. Like I remember Yao Ming was a, a judge one year. And it's like, <laughs> that's all cool and dandy. But maybe does the the scoring system need to change? Maybe change the scoring system. Opt away from the, the, the judges and just work towards... Maybe like which dunk gets the crowd going the loudest, stuff like that. I'm not sure.
1: I saw some other, I saw some ideas. It was like someone said, you know, have it be like a horse type of thing. It's like someone does a dunk, someone copies a dunk.
0: I think, honestly, a horse competition, like an actual one, not like how they used to do it when it was just like on the, they just did like spot up three pointers and stuff. I remember like Rondo won the horse competition once I think KD won it twice, but an actual horse or like a one V one tournament, if you're going to do it with like role players, do a one V one role players tournament. See who's the best role player. Cause that'd be interesting at this rate. I, I mean, sophomores in high school are throwing down better dunks than the dunk contest.
1: Yeah, I, I think the, <laughs> the low light was when JTA um, from the Warriors tried to like put his elbow in the rim and he, he couldn't even hit like, his wrist.
0: Yeah, he couldn't even do it. <laughs> and then the worst part was, I forgot who was doing it, but someone wore a Jason Richardson jersey and they couldn't even do the dunk. I think that was JTA again. Oh my god. <laughs>
1: If he made it to the finals, he was one of the top two dunkers.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, like, and there was a, a 30 in the final round. And you just can't have that. You just can't have that. Transitioning, the though. Dunk but yeah, staying with the dunk ahead. contest. Who, like, everyone's given their Mount Rushmore's of, like, who they'd want in the dunk contest. But I want to ask you, what are, like, give me give me two of your favorite dunk contests as a whole
1: hmm.
0: i feel I'd say like one is
1: definitely 2016 yeah easy 2016 that's that great great battle between you know, aaron gore and zach levine
0: yeah two i think you gotta throw 2000 in there with vince carter and t-mac yeah, i agree um Two thousand. Even,
1: um, even Vince Carter. Like if, out of outside of Vince Carter, you had T-Manick, mm-hmm. you know, Steve Francis. That was a it that wasn't was just Vince. That was a really good dumb
0: contest. Yeah. And I think oh who's the white guy on the calves? Like Bob oh. sura he was in there. <laughs> yeah. Um two thousand nine when Nate Gerald Green Dwight Howard I think they had, like, a nice little three-way dance going.
1: Then you got MJ and um, Dominique, of course. That's kind of like the pioneer there.
0: <laughs> yeah, we could throw... What would that be? 88, 86, 87? One of those years?
1: Mm-hmm. But the question is, like, how do some of those dunks hold up
0: now, I guess? Oh, no, they you, definitely don't. Do Dominique's yeah. maybe do because of just the power. But, like... Yeah. Jordan's dunks, were. they're probably... 36 37 38 because Sergi Baca did a free throw line windmill and got a 42 he was behind the line too exactly so just a a standard one hand free throw line dunk Zach Levine went between the legs from the free throw line and got a 45 so probably doesn't hold up great (laughs) yeah and that, I think that's like, that's part of the nostalgia of that is that we've seen almost every dunk that they can do. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a dunk left. Um, it's really just
1: execution.
0: Yeah. So I think honestly, because the three point contest, it's a little bit different because there's, it's not objective. You know, we're trying to yeah. see who's the best three-point shooter. Dunk contest, though, it's, it's like a gymnastics event where, like, it's going to be graded. You have to try and do something that no one's ever done before. But in terms of dunking, we've literally seen everything be done before. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. And I think maybe they should take a year off. Maybe they should find a new event.
1: That's yeah. just me, though. Or maybe just have pro dunkers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Could definitely do something like that. Maybe. Oh, it'd be tough, but. I don't know. Maybe do like an NBA versus G League dunk contest scenario. You do three of the. Like, and you vote the players in, three of the highest voted players, and the NBA go against like three of the voted in G Leaguers by the coaches or players or whatever, and. Every player gets two dunks. You add up the scores. Whichever team wins, wins like a couple hundred grand.
1: That'd be interesting. I feel like that'd be close.
0: I think that's a idea. It shouldn't be the idea. There should be a lot of ideas. Because you don't want the dunk cost. You don't want it to end. You definitely don't want to end. But you want to see it transform into something they tried to do. Like you remember 2014 when they did like teams
1: oh yeah with john wall and uh, paul george and all of them
0: yeah that was goofy it didn't really work um but trying something new trying something different trying to get stars into the dunk contest or trying to just rebrand it i think would be the best bet going forward definitely um, yeah. In terms of the other all-star events, I mean, I'm sure you were definitely happy with that three-point shootout. Definitely. You know, I've been advocating
1: that he shoots, you know, more threes in games, so...
0: <laughs> I, I had a good feeling he was going to
1: win it. It's just because of his um set shot with, like, the quick release. Yeah. And my, honestly,
0: my favorite part about the entire three-point shootout was Dwayne Wade being on commentary as if D-Wade was like this impressive <laughs> shooter I would have liked to see like guys like Ray Allen on commentary they did have Reggie which was cool um, mm-hmm. I think Deanna Tarassi might have been on, on commentary as well so that was cool but yeah it was uh, seeing cat win I was like ah oh, JJ's just absolutely through the moon right now um but in terms of cat like without I think at this rate he's what six seven years in Drafted in 2015. Mm-hmm. Safe, safe to say, best big man shooter ever.
1: Yeah, you're going gonna to get a lot of Mavs fans on Twitter. I will say, I don't know if he's the best
0: I will shooting go out, big
1: ever, but I would say best three-point shooting big. Just I mean, fair.
0: I'll pull up his advanced stats, but I, and I'm never someone that's quick to jump to giving somebody a mantle like that, but... Career 40% from three. Mm-hmm. That in it itself is pretty impressive, of course, because he puts up so many dang attempts, right? Yeah. He's shooting that thing at an alarming rate. Four times a game as a big, still averaging 53 from the field. Now people are going to think that I'm saying that cat's like this amazing center. I don't think he's a good center.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think he's at above average center can't play defense to save his life um, not the most efficient rebounder I think he could be with his long ass arms and his huge frame that he really doesn't take advantage of mm-hmm. but um, in terms of he's his not really sh- mobile. Not mobile. <laughs> not mobile not mobile you know in, in, at the mid range level 16 feet beyond 45.4% Okay. That's better than yeah, Jordan. Really good. That's better than Jordan's mid-range. That's pretty nice. And then under the basket, seventy point one percent.
1: It's pretty. Looking f- at his field goal um, <clears throat> by distance, ten to 16 feet. It's weird to see like the dip in that percentage though.
0: Yeah, I think that's just how the game's played. You can see from where it started, his rookie year, now to where it is like his mid range and his three ball kind of invert. Well,
1: definitely. It doesn't even, you know, take that many mid ranges anymore.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a big chunk of the league. Now it's not just not taking middies. Um, where do you want? What do you, if you could change one thing about towns or if you could have him work on one thing, because he's at that point now where he's in his prime, like his, Mm -hmm. uh, his cement is pretty much dried, but if you, yeah, (laughs) If you, if you could add one thing to his game, what would it be?
1: One thing to his game? Is this, like, a a possible thing you could add, or is this uh
0: Yeah, at least realistic.
1: So realistic. we're not giving him,
0: like, we're not giving him Kyrie handles or <laughs> Dame Range, nothing like
1: that. Uh, well, there's probably, like, two things. One is more of a what I want him to do, and the second thing is something you could probably improve on.
0: All right, let's hear those. I think
1: one thing you can improve on is probably um his pace, kind of like his composure, especially yeah. in offense. You know, he might, I don't know, there's like a stat. I think he like leads the league and um, drives for centers. But if you watch him drive, he only goes at one pace.
0: Got you. And a lot of times.
1: He drives and he doesn't finish. He looks to pass, <laughs> but he's just like <laughs> slinging these horrible passes all over the court. You know, he's either making the great pass or the, you know, horrible pass because it's just that erratic. So <laughs> that's probably the one thing—just you know, calm down the the pace of play.
0: <laughs> and I gotta ask you, just because if you guys don't know, JJ is a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. Um, How is it that your favorite team, their star player right now, because obviously in a year or two it's Anthony Edwards, and he's probably their go to guy, anyways. But right now, the face of your franchise being Carl Towns, how do you feel about it? Like, what do you wake up and feel when you think Minnesota Timberwolves? (laughs) Uh, I feel like if there, you know,
1: like you said, there was no Anthony Edwards behind that. You know like that door kind of it, it would suck but yeah. i i would say it's not the worst like we look at other teams it's not the worst option to have as your you know top guy right now
0: oh for sure like it could be chris stops you know yeah you oh, he's on the wizards
1: now oh, that's right
0: he is um yeah, and I didn't even expect that trade to ever even happen, but I think that's just a product of... I think the Mavs just have a different idea. And, I mean, people think Kristaps, and they don't think about how actually dominant that he is when he's actually on the floor. But since he made his transition to playing with Luka, he's kind of been a little bit of... A liability on defense which he'll he'll put in a shift on defense but it's not like he not like his first two years when he was like a legit threat underneath the basket and he's always had a relatively good defensive per, um, percentage but you look at the guy and unfortunately he hasn't played a full season really since his rookie year and I think
1: oh yeah definitely.
0: I think that messes with your psyche and that kind of takes you out of games and you kind of don't want to don't want to push the limits and if you're trying to get paid in the league you get paid on offense you don't really get paid on defense anymore Um, so I think he's up for a contract in a couple years Um, yeah he's a he has a player option in two seasons, so if he wants that contract, he's going to have to be like a 20 and maybe a high eight, 20 and nine guy, and I think he can do so on the Wizards. He just needs to get healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about guys who need to get healthy, one of our headline stories is the Zion Williamson saga. And everything going down with Zion. And what I want to just start with is what people don't realize, I think. And that's just how good Zion is at basketball. Oh, Um, definitely. I think people are detached from that. And people don't remember that genuinely he could have won the MVP last year. He could have, and I think, was he on an All-NBA team last year? I believe he was. I know he made the All-Star team.
1: I All-NBA.
0: Well, he definitely could have been because he was phenomenal. I mean, 27 points on 61% field goal with seven rebounds. Um decent turnover ratio yeah and that's and that's in 61 games he played all but nine games last year 33 minutes with a pretty developing new orleans team that's his second year 20 years old in bad shape
1: like
0: yeah that's what i'm saying and i mean so I, I yeah I just I feel like people forget how good that Zion is at basketball but it seems like from all the media around him that he's trying to force his way out of New Orleans and I guess right now would you what would you do if you were in New Orleans right now with an unhappy Zion because obviously you have to remember, He wanted Lonzo to stay. They traded Lonzo for next to nothing. I think they got a Hernan Gomez brother out of it. And they had restricted rights to Lonzo. They could have gone over the cap to pay him. But they didn't. And now Lonzo, before his injury, was literally flourishing for Chicago. And when he comes back, Lonzo's going to be in the playoffs making noise. And, I mean, they got C.J. McCollum out of everything. But at this rate, they gave up Josh Hart, which was part of the AD trade. They gave up Alonzo, who was part of the AD trade. And, essentially, I believe they even traded the pick that came with the AD trade, which I think was DeAndre Hunter. Basically, for Anthony Davis now, they're sitting on... cj McCollum, brandon ingram and a hernan gomez brother yeah i mean how we how are we feeling about that
1: and obviously obviously you like that you know you have ingram i definitely say you can i definitely say that there's like worse you know worse um outcomes from that but Definitely, definitely not the best. I don't know why they didn't keep Lonzo specifically.
0: That's, it's just, it's so weird because you watch them play and you see just, because the, uh, so the Pelicans are one of my league pass teams. If the Lakers aren't playing, Mm -hmm. if the Mavericks aren't playing, I have like three teams that I'll watch if they're playing. One of which is the Pelicans, the others, the Sacramento Kings. And the other, it was, it was the Minnesota Timberwolves. I got to be honest with you. I used to tune into their games, but Mm -hmm. it's kind of tough. Like seeing some of their coaching decisions, um, I feel for you, man. But I kind of switched away from the Timberwolves and kind of came a little towards the Eastern Conference. So now I watch uh, the Charlotte Hornets. They're my third league pass team. But watching the Pelicans is rough. Devontae Graham is not a great point guard. And it's just... It's weird that they sold out on the Lonzo ordeal to get Devontae Graham. Because if you asked me... Hey, do you want this guy who's a stout defender? His three ball has been better every single year. And he's one of the best passers in basketball. Or we're going to give you the shot creator that takes very bad shot selections. He's going to be shooting in the 30s for field goal percentage. And he's 27. Not really going to defend. Um, I think i take Lonzo... Eight days a week. And it's not even close. Like, shout out to Lonzo. He's shooting forty-two percent this year from three on seven oh. and a half attempts. This is coming from a dude whose shot was quite literally quote unquote broken. And he's gone from thirty percent to thirty-three to thirty-eight to thirty-eight to now forty-two. And It's just, it's odd because he's quite literally a perfect fit for that team. I have a friend who's a Pelicans fan, and I feel for him because the spacing, it's not right, right? Because if you're building this team around a guy like Zion, who is a, he's a paint masher, he's a paint beast, In 2K, he doesn't even put up his three ball, um, (laughs) It's just like he's going to go to the paint. He's going to either create a shot or he's going to make a shot. And around him, you really don't have a solid team. I mean, his centers, Jonas Valanciunas, not really. I'd say
1: Jonas is pretty solid.
0: But... Yeah, he Valanciunas is a very solid center, but is he a solid three-point threat is he a solid spacing the floor kind of guy is he the guy that's going to be like your defensive anchor because dion's great he was excellent at defense at duke but not really in the pros and very similar to valanchunas i remember him in memphis he averaged like a block a game and i think he's a block a game career guy which is not great. Now the Pelicans do have Jackson Hayes, who, again, not a great shooter, not a great defender, but he's just a good like hustle guy. None of these guys that I'm saying are great defenders or great shooters, and I feel like if you're gonna have a guy like Zion, you have to at least have one of those. And they just traded for Larry Nance Jr. I watched Larry Nance on the Lakers, watched him on the Cavaliers. Not a great defender, not a great shooter. And I feel like one of the most like underappreciated positions nowadays is the center position. And if you're not a great defender, not a great shooter, it's hard to be on the floor with two two guys that are primarily just going to be active in the paint. I feel like that's why they got rid of Stephen Adams but they got Valanchunas back and then you're kind of just relying on Ingram, McCollum Devontae Graham and like Tony Snell to be the guys that are putting up shots for you it's just, it's tricky it's very tricky, I feel like I would be upset if I was Zion because look at the team that they have around him you know, yeah. I would try and force my way out because it's just like he's seen this movie before with James Harden and Houston, like bringing in and trading Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. Chris Paul was such a good complimentary piece, but I feel like the those Rockets teams were like one or two moves away. You, you've seen this movie with LeBron and Cleveland twice where they just made dumb moves and didn't compliment him really. So he left twice. And I feel like players now are forcing their way out more than we've ever seen before. And I'm not mad about it because we should be. If you're if you're a franchise, you should be doing everything that you can to try and win a title, especially if you have a superstar, especially if you have someone with potential to be a superstar, with potential to hit like notoriety claims guys like John ja Morant, guys like Zion, guys like LaMelo Ball. And mm. and two of those guys names, you can see they're actually making moves to try and make the team better. The Hornets got better in the offseason. The Grizzlies got better in the offseason. Pelicans didn't. Pelicans got worse and I, I don't know how do you feel about players Forcing their way out nowadays—is it a, a positive thing for the league? Is it a negative for the league?
1: I mean, at the end of you know, at the end of the day, you know, if a players gonna be judged by you know, the the rings, you know, the playoff success. Then, you know, yeah, I guess I'm okay with it, you know, in that way. But what they're doing with Z, with um, Zion, I just... I, I don't see a direction that the Pelicans are going. I, I don't see you know they have um, you know Ingram, McCollum, Zion. That like that's already you know it's great offense, but you know but like you said the the defense the because because that's important. In the playoffs to have a strong defensive front court, and I, I just don't see where they're taking it with that. But to answer your question, I'd say, you know, if players don't feel like that, you know, the team's giving them the right, you know, infrastructure and you know, supporting cast, then I'm I'm okay with asking. I'm okay with them asking out.
0: I think that's fine. I'm super cool with it because, as long, okay, so I'm okay with it if they are, on like the last two years of their deal, right? Because then it's like. All right, I'm not, like, I'm not making it worse for the franchise. I'm giving them a notice. It's like putting in a notice at work. Like, I'm giving you a two-weeks notice. I'm leaving this job. You have two weeks to fill it. And I feel like in the NBA, like James Harden, for example, he was coming down on his deal in Houston, told them, like, hey, I'm trying to win a chip. This team's not going to do it. Let's, let's get me out of here. Similar thing this year, like, I don't want one of our Max guys playing half the games, um, not really a fan of this early years coach, Steve Nash, and James Harden felt like he was quintessentially carrying the nets, which if you look at it, he really was like he was playing point guard for those nets last year. This year, he was kind of really the only net who was consistently healthy. And you saw it in his body language, like, if James Harden's not playing basketball that he feels is positive for the team, positive for his career, and where he wants to go, like, he's 32. He's trying to win a championship. And he only has a short window left where he's looked at as one of the more dominant players in the league, but... Unfortunately, like, I feel like that window is close to closing. Um, he's not in the system that inherently makes him better, but I'm very excited to see how he plays in Philly. I want to see how Joel Embiid plays with a point guard that wants to win, um, when I see Ben Simmons, I, I see a guy that really doesn't really care to win. Probably doesn't love basketball. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of just rests on his laurels. Like, he's a 6'11 dude with pretty good genetics and taking advantage of that making millions of dollars. In terms of, like, Harden, though, you see a guy who comes from inner cities in California probably wasn't supposed to make it out made it out got to a Pac-10 school Arizona State didn't have the greatest of year but good enough to impress the uh the Thunder to draft him at the Thunder he was looked at as the 6th man so he had a chip on his shoulder there didn't get the max deal they gave it to Serge Ibaka gave him another chip on his shoulder went to Houston Became an all-star, became a star player in his first year. And since then, he's been one of the more dominant players in NBA history, but you... you wouldn't realize that because of... how he carries himself. Like, he carries himself like... he doesn't really care about the stats, he doesn't care about the trophies. James Harden's a guy that wants to win a title. And I think... Him in Philly now. It should be a, a test. Like, how bad does this guy want it? Does he, does he want to take Philly to the promised land where Allen Iverson couldn't take them, Charles Barkley couldn't take them, Andrew Bynum couldn't take them? Like, what's what's he gonna do? So I'm actually excited for the James Harden situation to play out. Um, my question to you is, there's superstars that are kind of stagnant right now we've got the jason tatums of the world we've got devin bookers of the world um carl anthony towns even damian lillard who apparently is dedicated to the grind (laughs) um but who do you think is gonna be like the next star player to force their way out
1: Good question. I don't. I don't think Booker. I think you know the team. The, you know the organization. I feel like they're on the right track. I, they're obviously you know one of if not you know the best team in the league currently. I I can't see him asking out uh, Tatum. Aren't the Celtics on the upswing? Um, upswing recently.
0: I think as of recent, yeah. And I I I never see Tatum ever asking out personally. I think he uh-huh. really likes playing with Jalen Brown a lot, actually. Because you look at those two guys, yeah. Tatum's on like 26 points a game, Brown's on 24 points a game. When's the last time you had two players under 25, averaging 50 combined?
1: This is going to be funny, but I feel like Wiggins and Towns were pretty close. Yeah. <laughs>
0: In 2017, but I think with, yeah, that's it, a good question, it could have been close, but yeah, like, a like point under. realistically, it really doesn't happen all that much, does it? Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: maybe Westbrook and KD, but at the same time, like, maybe not. They were, it's an impressive stat. It is a super impressive stat, and I just wish that <coughs> folk <laughs> took them a little bit more serious, you know, um, mm-hmm. just as a duo, right? And it's the, it's the age-old question, like, what do you do with when your two best players are wings? I feel like they've been answering the question wrong by trying to pair them with Point guards, they had Kyrie in there. Um, obviously, they brought in Kyrie before they knew that Tatum and Brown were going to be like six sick players. But then they brought in Kemba Walker. Got rid of some depth. Kemba didn't score first. <laughs> yeah, honestly, and. It just, I, I've always said the Celtics need a premier center. The last time they had a premier center was Kevin Garnett, and he hasn't worn green in 10 years. Mm. If the, like, I, I kid you not, if... It doesn't even have to be a great center. Like, Clint Capella. If the Celtics have Clint Capella, who's just going to anchor defensively, get rebounds, I don't think the Celtics go out anywhere besides the conference finals I truthfully believe that I think you run Brown at the two Tatum at the three you get a four that could just stand in the corner maybe play a little bit of defense like uh I don't know Bobby Portis or PJ Tucker guys like this you know um it's super simple. Like, I feel like team building is so much more overlooked than it needs to be. Like, what would you do if you were the Celtics right now with the assets that you have and the draft picks that you have? Where do you go from here?
1: Well, for one, I think, you know, like you're saying, I think it's too early to pull the plug on um, Brown Tatum. Just uh, They're both two-way wings. They're both you know, a lot of potential. I think with, you know, at the PG position, you know, if you're building a, you know, a perfect team around them, I I don't know, I don't think you go for um score first point guards. I think, you know, you want to play Macon point guard mm-hmm. floor general. So I think that's the weakness of the Tatum Brown duel, right? Yep. So you, I think you want a floor general and like you said, get a it could be give me Mike Conley. Down low.
0: Mike Conley in Boston would be an all-star. I truly, truly believe that. Mm-hmm. But I think he's yeah he's getting paid money money, uh, so that'd be tough. <clears throat> but guys like that like they don't they don't have to be even a premier name.
1: In that mold.
0: Yeah, just a guy that can go out and. Get it done for you like if they never traded terry rozier you're you're telling me that you wouldn't want right now terry rozier and marcus smart point guard duo on your team who's telling who's who's giving that up yeah. i think al horford's a good enough power forward but he's not a good enough center Al Horford's a pretty good fit for, like, that power forward that they need who can be a big body, but he can also have some finesse. He can get you a bucket. He can stand in the corner, shoot threes. But at that point guard position, having a smart, having a Rozier, guys who are going to play defense, guys that are going to make plays, hit the three ball when you need it, get you a bucket, be, like, the third or fourth option, that's what you need out of your point guard. But Boston keeps bringing in these guys like Schroeder, guys like Kemba Walker, who, I mean, primarily those are first, second option guys. And it takes some adjustment. And I think the ultimate downfall of those Celtics teams were they brought in Kyrie, first option. They brought in Gordon Hayward, first option. And you had two guys emerging in Jalen and Jason who wanted to be the first and second options. Mm -hmm. All the meanwhile, you have Al Horford. He was the first option in Atlanta. So there's just... That's where the cohesiveness did not exist. That's where things started to kind of untwine and... I feel like that's more on the coaching than it is on the players because you need to set a precedent of what is to be expected. And that's why I feel like is going on with the Lakers right now is that I feel like when LeBron's on the court, Anthony Davis knows that he's option B. Not option two, but like option B, like... Him and LeBron just have this, this like connection where they can kind of feel when a lob's coming, when one needs to pick up on defense, when AD's going, AD's going to get the ball. When LeBron's going, LeBron's going to get the ball. But you better watch out because any cut, like the ball can be there. But adding Westbrook to the mix, <clears throat> I feel like messed up that cohesiveness to where russ is getting boards and he's bringing the ball up himself he's setting up very late in the shot clock not giving guys like AD um or the shooters around him time to really just set up get something going get in good position and it kind of begs the question like is there a right and wrong thing to do with a big three And you kind of have a big three going in Minnesota. So how do you feel about, like, how your big three right now operates together? That's a good question. I think the one thing,
1: I would say Edwards, maybe an average defender. D'Lo, he'd be a smart defender, but, you know, he can get beat pretty easily. Towns eh. kind of weak on defense. He's got better, but still pretty weak. But so the way they, you know, orchestrate is. I D'Lo, I'd say D'Lo works best in pick and rolls. So you know, recently they've been doing more pick and rolls with him in Towns, and you know that's been good. Edwards, Edwards really works more so in isolation. So mm-hmm. the way he scores is more um. I guess separate from the other two. But he does get hit on backdoor cuts when he does do them, but he does that way too infrequently, I'd say. But they're definitely like an offensive trio more so than defensive.
0: I feel like. I feel like the thing that's not talked about enough in basketball, like you hear the big three this, big three that, but. I feel like we don't hear about the little two that plays with the big three. <clears throat> mm-hmm. For the Miami Heat, you had Chalmers and like Shane Battier or Mike Miller, um, and I feel like those two were super good fits. I feel like you kind of need, a, like you 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 need. And I feel like that there's this gap in ideology for team building in the NBA is you always need defense and you always need shooting. Mm -hmm. If you don't have either of those out of your big three, you need to supplement that with your little two. In no way, shape, or form can your little two not have one, if not both of those. And I feel like there's stretches and there's lineups that the Lakers have been using that they don't really have that in their little two. Um, for example, one of the like go to lineups in the fourth quarter is when it's when everyone's healthy, by the way, because there's a big caveat of this Lakers team. Guess what? They've been struggling with injuries all year. It's not like they've been full health, full strength all year. They've been struggling with injuries all year. And not having AD has made them one of the worst defensive teams in the year. AED is like their anchor. So at point guard, you'd have Russ. Uh, you'd have Monk out there at the two guard. You'd have Austin Reeves at the three LeBron at the 4, 80 at the 5. When Mello's healthy, he takes Austin Reeves' spot. But I got to give Austin Reeves his, his flowers. He has played magnificent, so much better than his role should be. He can't really defend. Um, he plays super smart defense. But... He's, he's just not athletic to keep up. Um LA in on a way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's always in the right position. He's just not strong enough to stay in front, and he's not quick enough to beat guys to a certain spot. Uh, but he's hit some of the bigger threes for the Lakers this year. He's won a couple games for us. Um, he's just – and he's just – Every LeBron team has that white guy. He's that white guy for this LeBron team. (laughs) Malik Monk has been, I would say, part of the big three this year. For the Lakers. Like, he's shooting 40% from three. Shooting 47 from the field. 13 points on 10 shots. And playing very aggressive. Very hard-nosed defense. Whether he's off the bench... Or he's starting. He's been unreal, and he's gonna get a big contract from the Lakers this year because of it. Like LeBron's never gonna play another basketball game without Malik Monk. It's that simple. Oh, this is
1: a career too.
0: It is, yeah. He's been unreal, and so Malik has both the defense and the shooting. LeBron, both the defense and the shooting. AD defense clearly. Shooting kinda. So with Westbrook being one of the little two, the defense is there. Doesn't make maybe the best decisions on defense and offense. But the last few games before the All-Star break, Russ played magnificent. Magnificent. He played how you want him to play, not how he could play. Russ could be playing a lot better now, but he could be playing a lot worse right now. Um, I'm still waiting for Kendrick Nunn to come back. We're about sixty games in; he hasn't played yet. That's kind of it's kind of nerve wracking. Yeah. So Russ only has the defense. Austin Reeves really only has the shooting. That's a glaring issue right there. Uh, if you had Avery Bradley out there, he's got defense. He's got a little bit of shooting. Kent Bazemore. Not really, he doesn't really have either. I'll be honest, Ken Baysmore. Uh, and he doesn't play because he's just so bad on defense, Ken Baysmore. Mellow, since he's a bigger body, he's a vet, wily, smart player. He has both because he plays the intelligent defense, he doesn't play the lockdown defense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, in those like fourth quarters, you got Braun on the best ball handler you got Westbrook on the best guard um, ad on the best big Mellows probably on the second forward and then Reeves probably on or not Reeves but monk probably on the uh, the second guard or the second wing and from there like I think that team right there can win a title but they just need to play together they need to stay healthy. they need Dwight Howard mm-hmm. on the bench to be healthy. They need guys like Stanley Johnson to come in and play productive defense. They need Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington. Um, they need guys like that to hit their threes, and they need a guy like Monk to continue to step up, continue to be aggressive and progressive with his development. And I feel like I feel like there's really four or five contenders in the East compared to the West where one through 10, everyone except maybe the trailblazers have a genuine chance at the title in a seven game series in the NBA, especially in the West. I think anything can happen, but I mean, right now, if you had to, if you had to bet like 10 bucks on the Celtics or the Lakers going further, where do you gamble?
1: Hmm. what's what seed are the Celtics at right now
0: <laughs> I think the sixth seed I feel
1: like the Lakers high end is still still could be better come playoff time
0: yeah especially, especially if, you're asking. yeah like who has the like genuinely like do you see either of these teams winning the title this year or could you see them winning the title And I think genuinely, yeah, I could probably see both of these teams winning the title, but they just have such big issues that they need to work around. And it's Mm -hmm. their, it's the whether or not they can and will work around these issues. Because I'm looking at, that's the thing, yeah, it's so talented, it's so vast. You have, with the Celtics, not the biggest window? Not the greatest window, because um, Jalen and Jason, they're twenty six and twenty five. Mm. Or I think Tatum's twenty. No, I think Jason's twenty three. But Jalen, Jalen's twenty five, mm. and I think Tatum's birthday is in a week or so. But you, you're you kind of get like one probably one big contract run with these guys. And I mean, that could be up soon. That could be up very soon. When do the Celtics make that leap? Cause they've gone to the conference finals now three times with the Tatum Brown duo where yeah,
1: they were in the Eastern conference finals, you know, with that draft pick. Yeah, you know, like third in the draft to get t- or I think they got the first pick and then they traded to three, but yeah, that was kind of like the high point of the future dynasty. You know, what are they gonna do from here? Type of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you? Now they're just of the buck. yeah, and they really don't have crazy assets. They don't really have a deep team. They're super top heavy. They the vets that they do have, like. Al Horford, Marcus Smart, and then Jalen Brown. Everyone else is Tatum or Younger. So for that reason alone, I got to say, like, Lakers have more talent. Lakers have a little bit more depth. And they're just struggling right now with injuries. Honestly, I feel like the Lakers are actual threats. But if I had to pick a title winner now... It's coming out the East, whatever whatever team it is.
1: Um, The East is looking filthy from one through seven. One
0: through eight, for sure. You've got un unreal numbers by the Heat, and they haven't been healthy. You have unreal numbers by the Bulls; they haven't been healthy. The Sixers haven't had one of their max contract guys all year. Cavaliers came from nowhere. You have the Bucks who are quote unquote struggling, but they're only two and a half games back. You have the Celtics who were struggling. They're only four and a half games back.
1: They've been 9-1 over the
0: last ten. Yeah, it's The East is super, super good. And then you have the Nets at in the eighth seed. You have the Hornets in the ninth seed. I mean the Hawks, the Wizards, like one to eleven, I think a lot of those teams got better in the trade deadline to where in the west, I mean, apart from the Clippers, the Trailblazers and the jazz, I feel like any of those teams can win the title, honestly.
1: I don't know about the Wolves, but <laughs>
0: that'd, be, that'd be the dream. I, I could see the Wolves having a Cinderella run. I really could. I think they could make some noise first round depending on the match. Yeah, they could yeah. make some noise. Like I could see the Timberwolves beating Golden State. I can see them beating the Jazz. Maybe taking the Suns deep. I think the Mavericks probably have their number. I think the Nuggets they don't match up well against. And I don't think the Lakers they'd match up well against. Every other team though.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
0: um I think a Wolves the, the
1: Nuggets are kind of pulled away from the Wolves for the sixth seed recently, but mm-hmm. if ideally if the Wolves were the sixth seed and you know the Grizz were the third, that'd be a really fun series, you know. and jaw. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, yeah, there's definitely a lot of good matchups. That sixth seat is heavily coveted because yeah. that playing tournament is going to be tough. It's going to be very Especially tough. Especially
1: when the Clippers get all their guys back and the Lakers are healthy.
0: Mm-hmm. And Trailblazers spe- are just kind of there. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the West, speaking of the Mavericks, how you feeling about Luka this year? Have you watched okay. any of his uh any of his games? Kept up with his numbers?
1: Kept up with the numbers. I know he started the year off slow, the season off slow, but mm-hmm. I've heard recently he's just been on fire.
0: Yeah, I think I think the slow start was partially due to the Olympics. Um, mm-hmm. he got it's understandable. Pretty much like he got to the meddling games and I mean he took took Slovenia to the meddling games and he came back to a Dallas team that made some head shaken, you know, decisions. They brought in Jason Kidd, who, I mean, he's had how many chances for how many different teams as Jason kid coached? like Brooklyn, uh, Milwaukee kind of made, his mark as a assistant for the Lakers and then got the Dallas job again but he kind of like he got fired from that Milwaukee job because of what he was doing with Giannis's development and kind of he I think Jason Kidd's the reason why Giannis isn't shooting like he probably could have, because if you remember, Giannis wasn't a terrible shooter when he was younger. Um, yeah, he, had, the shot was he had was more fluid and stuff. Yeah, technique wise, technique wise. We're not talking numbers, but like technique wise, mm-hmm. he had a very juicy shot. But obviously, as you grow, as your shoulders get broader, you lose a little bit of your shot. Um, Should Giannis muscle development? Yeah. Then you look at like the transactions that the Mavericks made. You look at the trades that they made and some of the trades that they turned down, uh, the people that they're paying. They gave Tim Hardaway um, like 20-something mil. And recently they traded for Dinwiddie, Davis Bertans, got rid of Christophe Porzingis. I mean, and you have you just have a lot of guys injured. A lot of guys injured. Um, Tim's hurt but beyond Tim beyond the injuries you've also got the floor spacing issue that I feel like is a, a heavy it's a super super heavy like discussion it's a super heavy debate like you've got Davis Bertons Maxi um Dwight Powell as your only center now because Boban plays, but you can't really rely on Boban. He's too big. And at the point guard position, you are—you just have too many guards. Way too many guards. Because you know Luka's going to play 38 minutes. Beyond that, you have Brunson, Hardaway, Frank Nittolinko when he's healthy, Trey Burke when he's healthy, now Dinwiddie, who's your second highest earner. He's going to demand some playing time. It's a, the quest very questionable decisions by the Mavericks and you just you you, you constantly wonder like, are they doing this man the best that they could? and I just I don't think that they are. I don't think that they are.
1: I think yeah, the Mavericks
0: are playing some decent basketball this year. They're playing pretty good defense this year, I would say. Fairly good defense from what I've watched. Uh, but where they are compared to where they should be, it's it, it's tough. You have one of the best players in the entire league. Maybe. Luka's definitely top five in the league. What's your top five? Right now, it would be Braun, Embiid, Giannis, Jokic, and Luka.
1: Mm-hmm. I can get with that.
0: Just five guys playing the best basketball in the league right now. you think
1: Curry's um, like six or seven right now? Or do you put him lower than that? Uh,
0: I'd say six is DeRozan, easily.
1: Yeah. Is this like off this season or just overall?
0: This season. Okay. Yeah. I see. Um... Curry's not my number one point guard in the league right now.
1: Is that Luca PG?
0: Luca's a PG, yeah. I think Luca right now is the best point guard in the league and I have two point guards ahead of Curry right now, actually. But one of them did just get hurt in Chris Paul. But I think John ja Morant is... Arguably the second best point guard in the league this year.
1: I think that's a fair, fair discussion.
0: I think that he's playing tremendous mm-hmm. defense. I think he's playing. He's he's taken that step that you wanted him to take. I said it in a live stream before the season started, and we were talking about like our NBA Awards predictions and my friend Get Like Coop asked me, like, who do you got for, like, most improved? And I said John Morant. And people were, like, puzzled by that. They were like, what you mean John Morant? Like, he just went from 18 points to 19 points. Had a pretty good rookie year. Got rookie of the year. Good sophomore year. But, like, I was saying, no, he's going to take a big leap. He's going to be about 25 a game. I think the Grizzlies are going to be a top four seed. I think he's going to get closer to 50% field goals. I think his three ball is going to go back to where it was. Um, If he could get a little bit better defensively and have a, a better sense of the court, I think John Morant's easily most improved. And you look at his numbers, he's at 27 a game, seven assists a game, six boards a game, shooting almost 50%. 33 from the three ball, 76 from the free throws. His EFG is 53%, which is better than his career average. I mean, this is the step that you wanted to see him take. And he's doing it on national TV. He's doing it against the Lakers, against the Cavaliers, against the Warriors, against the Bucks. Especially the
1: Warriors, yeah.
0: Yeah, He he's had some duels with Curry, and he's beat Curry. And... I, where would you where would you pin him in the discussion? Would you pin him, because you're not gonna win both. Is he? He's mo-
1: definitely gotta be the most improved player. It's, you know, you go from a. I feel like last year, Ja was like a, you know, what could he be? You know, mm-hmm. you know the, the talent, the ability. You saw it, but you saw it in Flash. I feel like this year, it's he's gone from a rising star to cementing himself as like a superstar. For sure. If that doesn't get most improved player, I don't know what does.
0: Yeah, and that's just like it's it's the age-old debate, right? Like is he going to be most improved or is he going to be I could easily see him top five in MVP voting. Mm-hmm. Easily. Because, like, let's compare him to d Rose. Same age, same year, same season, both in their 30 years, right? D. Rose, 25 a game. John Morant, 27 a game. D. Rose, one steal a game. John Morant, 1.2 steals a game. D. Rose, 7.7 assists. John Morant, 6.9 assists. D. Rose, 44.5% from the field on 20 shots. John Morant, 49.5% from the field on 20 shots. Um, I think D Rose's Chicago Bulls finished in the first seed. I think that's, yeah, that's the rhetoric. Right now, the Grizzlies are third. At, at what point does he leap over the most improved talk and go into the MVP talk?
1: good question. I think it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you put the numbers with him and D. Rose, and you know he was being D. Rose, and a lot of those numbers, but it's just, this
0: year, it's it, like it's Embiid weird to see.
1: Milky, to be honest, mm-hmm. there's so many like historic years going on.
0: It, it Very much so. Very much so. Um, so, give me your First place, second place, third place, MVP voting right now. For you, if you had a vote, and if you got to vote one through five, who are your top five for MVP this year? Top five.
1: So I guess we're going off. Even if these guys are like tied in the standings, I guess we're going off where they're placed. Because that's a a big part of it. Mm-hmm. I'd probably say Embiid would be number one. Uh, I think Jokic and Giannis are right there too. Jokic probably needs the standings standings wise, you know, go up a little bit, but mm-hmm. statistically, I think across the board, he's having the best season out of everybody. Uh, what would I do after? I mean, isn't Demar on the on this crazing? crazy uh, scoring streak.
0: Yep. So and his, and his team's in the, backing it up in the standings. They're joint first in the East. Joint first.
1: See, so yeah, I'd probably have Embiid first. Giannis, Giannis Jokic right there. DeMar fourth. And, you know, that's when you bring up I think that's when you bring up um, Luka and, you know, Ja.
0: <laughs> definitely the thing with um, the thing with Luca like the Mavericks they're in fifth in the West Mm -hmm. it's not like they're in the play-in and do you want to know how they are rated defensively this year the Mavericks what are they rated opponents points per game they're second in the NBA Uh, defensive rating they're fifth in the NBA and their net plus Minus rating is eighth in the NBA. You couple that from last season. Defensive rating, they're twentieth. They've they've made some strides, and it's not just everyone around Luca, but it's also Luca himself. He's became he's not just out there to play offense this year. Like he's he knows that he's six seven, two thirty one of the bigger frames on the court. And I feel like one of the things that Jason Kidd has helped him more than anything this year is defend, right? We're 44 games into the year. Luka almost has more win shares on defense than he's had any other year in his entire career. Oh, is Um, that right? Yeah, his defensive box plus minus up to this point in only 44 games is higher than any of his year's Almost combined. Look
1: I think, at that, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Luca is playing tremendous ball. He's on both sides of the court, and if you're gonna, if you're gonna put dudes in the MVP debate, I think you gotta have these young guys in there too. Like Luca's Luke, Luke twenty-two years old, sir, mm. and I think him and Ja really have to. They, I, I honestly, I love Jokic. I really do love Jokic. I think he plays great ball. He's having a historic season. But I think if you asked anybody, they're saying Embiid's better than Jokic.
1: Aside from Nuggets fans.
0: Yeah. It's a if, it's if it's had, advanced geeks. Yeah, if we ask Bowl World. And maybe, like, points per possession, guys. Um, <laughs> I think it's it, close. It's it's probably close. It is probably close. And granted, like, JoJo Embiid, you have to also put it into, like, if, if we're just talking pure basketball, one-on-one, center-versus-center, center, seven-game series... I think Embiid's putting up 35 and 12 a night on Jokic. And I feel like Jokic is probably putting up like twenty-four, nine assists, 10 boards. But I feel like Embiid's just a little bit more of a complete player in terms of defense, in terms of...
1: That's the big thing, I think. I think come playoff time, if you said, do I want Jokic or Embiid as my center in the playoffs, I think Mm -hmm. I'd take
0: Embiid Mm for that reason. And not trying to say that Jokic is a bad player at all. He's top five, easily top five. Um, and I think this is one of the tougher MVP years. I, being honest, like there's no clear, concise leader last year or this year and like there was last. talent
1: in the midst of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Because last year, it was LeBron's MVP to lose before he got hurt. Then it was Embiid's MVP to lose before he got hurt. And then Jokic was the last man standing. This year, there's no clear, concise rhetoric on who's going to win MVP. And a name that we haven't even mentioned in all of this is Giannis Antetokounmpo.
1: Mm. I was thinking, you know, like, I was thinking top three, top five, and I think it, I think it comes down to people are just so used to his greatness now.
0: Yeah, I think easily Giannis is probably. Probably if I I'm still saying LeBron's the best player in the league. Cause there's just things that he does that no one else can do, no one else attempts to do, and no one else would try even if they could do it. Um he's averaging twenty-nine seven and seven on almost his most efficient numbers with maybe his His most diabolical season, roster wise, uh, just because everyone keeps getting hurt, but he's just insane this year. And the plays that he makes when he makes them, it's hard to say that he's not the best player in the league right now. I think Giannis and Embiid. I don't want to say like they're joint number two. Like I wanna, I wanna really dig into this. Like who would you take, Giannis or Embiid, right now? For me, if I'm being completely frank, completely honest, I think I go Giannis, you know?
1: I think I I I agree. Mm
0: -hmm. I think I go Giannis just for the diversity of his defending alone. Yeah,
1: versatility.
0: Yeah, and Embiid's going to give you a little bit more offensively, but... I think Giannis gives you an extra ball handler. I think Giannis gives you a little bit like you said, a little bit more defensive um
1: Versatility.
0: Versatility. I don't I was trying to say vitality. I don't know why. <laughs> but he's just he's amazing. He really is. And I've been harsh on Giannis. I really have. But he's clearly the second best player in the league right now. And we haven't mentioned a lot of guys that could have their name in the MVP nods, like Demar Derozan, who's—I mean, he's just—he's playing unreal this year.
1: His mid-range is ridiculous.
0: He's playing. like of
1: shots he hits.
0: Yeah, since he's left, since he's left Toronto, I feel like he's had a chip on his shoulder, and now he's just getting that platform to do it. And he's being he he came into a Chicago team with Zach Levine who put up 27 a night last night or last year, and he said, "Zach, you're great, but this is my team now, and I feel like every team, everyone on that team acknowledges this is Demar's team. We're gonna compliment Demar. We're not gonna fight it. Um, And I don't think there's a better built team around a single player than." the Bulls are built around DeMar DeRozan. I feel like they just have everything on the floor to compliment him. And you're seeing the fruits of that labor pay off. You're, I mean, maybe they're not the best team defensively, which in, in the playoffs you know how much defense is important. But, like, I mean, when the playoffs come around and it's, Lonzo on the court with Alex Caruso, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic. Name a five, one through five, that is better built around a a single star. It's very hard to do so. And beyond that, they still have decent depth. They've got Patrick Williams off the bench. They've got Kobe White. Backing up Lonzo, they have Caruso there who could play one to two. They have Levine who could play one to three. Demar who could play two to four.
1: You listen to the power forward this season
0: <laughs> in a
1: basketball reference. I find that kind of oh, interesting. Yeah,
0: most likely because they the Bulls do play small just to give Vucevic some space as well. Mm, okay. Like the one thing that. You didn't want to see with Vucevic... Because he was an all-star before he got there. He was putting up mid-20s for Orlando. You didn't want to see Vucevic give up who he was. Because who he was was a guy that could slot in a lot of different systems. And if you... I haven't looked at his numbers immediately. But if you look at his numbers for Orlando, or if you just watch how he plays... He's not playing any different than he was in his prime in Orlando. Like, he's still a super viable option. He's still making his shots at a decent clip. Um, And if his EFG is over anything like 50%, if he's still getting his 10 boards, 18 points, um, maybe giving you a block a game and not turning the ball over, which is what Vucevic is super good at, is not turning the ball over because he's a really big dude that's it's super impressive it's super impressive and having that guy as a, th- a third or fourth option come playoff time is going to be huge like because like I said earlier in the pod like you look at teams that win championships what was the last team that won a championship without an elite big
1: elite big Bucks had Giannis. had Bosch, obviously.
0: Yeah, Bucks had Giannis. Lakers had AD. But you um, consider
1: Warriors Dream on as a big?
0: Yeah, and I'd also consider KD as a big. KD, okay. Uh, maybe the Raptors because Pascal I was nowhere near elite. But the point is more often than not, mm. the team that wins the title has an elite big whether it's a three or four or five. And you're not going to win the title without that. It's not, you're not going to do it solely on a small guard in most no. cases. Exactly. So that's why I think that like some of these teams are kind of pretenders. Some of these teams are not extreme threats to the title. Like teams like the Celtics, um, teams like the Jazz, teams like the Clippers, the Trailblazers, um, the Warriors even. like I think they're a good playoff team, but defensively, especially against bigs in the playoffs, I don't think that they're going to have what it takes. And you just look at the East right now. Miami, they have Adebayo. The Bulls have Vucevic. The Sixers have Embiid. The Cavs have Jared Allen. And, and Kevin Mobley. Love. And Mobley. The Bucks <laughs> have the Great Wall of Lopez. Plus Giannis. The Celtics and the Raptors really have nobody. Uh, the Nets. Pretty much. is mo- a big. Yeah, I mean, you got KD. You have Simmons. Ben Simmons. Um, You have Drummond, Griffin. Griffin played very good defense last year. I will say that in the playoffs. Mm. I think the Nets probably have the weakest selection of bigs, but they could still make it somehow work. Um, I think a playoff lineup for the Nets, especially if this mandate's coming down, probably looking at Kyrie... Curry with probably Simmons, KD and probably Drummond or Aldridge.
1: Mm.
0: And then you're going to have Kyrie on the best guard because he's, or maybe the second guard. Cause Kyrie's a brilliant defender that people don't give him credit for. Um, you'll obviously put Ben Simmons on the best player since he's quote unquote, according to shady Mike gaming, the greatest defender of all time. Um, (laughs) and you'd put KD on like the best big, the best wing. And then you, you kind of just, unfortunately you just have to hide Steph, not Steph, but, uh, Seth Curry. Cause he's a, he's a good team defender, but one-on-one fighting through screens, Not the best. And in terms of Drummond or Aldridge, you just have to put them on the the other big or the other wing, I guess. Um, But offensively, I think the Nets have probably one of the best fives for playoff time. That's going to be interesting. And then alternatively, with the Sixers, like they're – their playoff five is also pretty freaking good too. Uh, Just thing well,
1: of Harden and Embiid. They're at their full powers.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like you have Harden, who's going to be one of your pillars as the point guard. You have Embiid, who's going to be one of your pillars at center. In between, you got Tobias Harris, Danny Green, Tyrese Maxey. Mm-hmm. Even Matisse Thybul. You know?
1: Yeah, because they kept him in the trade too.
0: Now, what do all three of those names have in common? Defense and shooting. That's a good point. (laughs) And that ties us back to what does it take to win a title in a big whatever? The Littles have to provide the defense and shooting. And that's why I feel like the Sixers definitely have a chance. I think the Bulls definitely have a chance. I think the Nets have a chance. The Bucks clearly have a chance because they're coming back for it.
1: He might have a may have a
0: small they, run them, but yeah, I mean, you you look at that Miami Heat team. It's I almost said Cinderella. But they're the first seed. Yeah, they're they're the first seed, and it's tough to say. Like, I mean, you look at their their playoff five. It's gonna be. It's going to be unreal. Lowry, Hero, Butler, Tucker. If you don't have Tucker, you got Morris out there. You got Atabayo out there. Off the bench, you got Oladipo, Duncan Robinson, Max Struss, who's had a great year. One of the Morris or Tuckers. And what, like, Heat have the best roster in the league. I think that's safe to say. One through nine. I, I don't think us. there's a better one through nine than those guys that we just had. And they don't even have Oladipo back yet.
1: They've been dealing with injuries too, haven't they?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oladipo's played in four games. Um for the Heat. He hasn't been back yet. Um I he and they were just in the NBA Finals too.
1: This is going to be you know huge for legacies in the Eastern Conference.
0: It really like if Giannis
1: and go back to the finals through this Mm -hmm. and win, that's going to be huge for his legacy.
0: Huge, yeah. And I don't even think that the West is even like bad this year. In the slightest. Yeah, they're still pretty good. I think the West is just struggling with injuries this year. Um, It also, like, I mean, the West has five teams that are tanking. The East has three. So that also, like, takes things into consideration. Uh, Mm -hmm. You have Portland, Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Mavericks, who and that's like like you need to realize that's five teams that have had major injury issues major injuries and now you can add Phoenix to that too so six teams with major injuries
1: mm-hmm.
0: you add those six teams to the five teams that are tanking you really only have four or five teams that are taking advantage of that with wins and that's why I think there's such a drastic difference between the East and the West right now. You have the Suns who are 48 and 10, but you also have the Rockets who are 15 and 43. You have the the Warriors and the Grizzlies who both have 40 wins, but then you have the Kings who just traded away everything. Um, you have the Pelicans who don't have their star player, made some very bad moves. They're tanking. Uh, you have the Thunder who are tanking. The Spurs who are tanking. Portland who hasn't had Dame. Traded CJ for Josh Hart, basically next to nothing. There needs to be context when you when you discuss like why teams are struggling or why the East is supposedly better than the West. I don't think the East is better than the West per se. It's got
1: stronger definitely, but yeah.
0: Yeah. It's 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 gotten stronger. Like last year the Heat had injury problems, the Bulls were not a serious contender, Cavs were not anything, Celtics were not a serious contender, Raptors were nothing. Um last year pretty much all you really had was the Nets, the Heat, the Sixers and the Bucks.
1: And the yeah, and the Bucks took out the first round, so
0: mm hmm. Now, in the East, I mean, Heat could come out of the East. Bulls could come out of the East. Sixers could come out of the East. Cleveland could make a Cinderella run, come out of the East. Bucks could easily come out of the East. Celtics, based on talent and talent alone. And you got the Nets. You have the Nets, exactly. Even the Hornets, I could see the Hornets make somewhat of a Cinderella run deep in the playoffs, but... I don't think the Hornets have enough to come out of the East.
1: That plan's going to be tough. Yeah, I think this year
0: the plans are just going to be unreal. And the NBA scripted it perfectly (laughs) to have it like this.
1: You might get LeBron, AB, PG, Mm -hmm. Kawhi Leonard. You might get all those guys in the plan.
0: Mm -hmm. That's why I think the sixth seed is now going to be super coveted. And... We'll see. I think it's going to be a very, very cool finish to the year. Yeah, definitely. So right now, you and I both say that um, Embiid is our MVP, right?
1: Mhm.
0: Who would you say is your rookie of the year?
1: Rookie of the year. I know. I know. There's some people lately that I'm like you know, Cade Cunningham, but. I think it's got to be Evan Mobley. I think just the... I I think it's just like the ability to impact, you know, the game defensively the way he's doing. Mm -hmm. You know, on the team he's doing it for, I think. I think you got to give it to him.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. And, like, I also... People are hard on Cade, but you really have to look at the roster that he's playing with um Mm -hmm. and that's why I kind of feel for these guys that go to these bad teams which I wish that there was some way that better teams could win the lottery like I think a lottery tournament would be a lot better but I'm not I'm not too harsh on Cade like he's doing everything that you want a future star guard to do he's taken a lot of shots He's taking a good amount of threes. Mm -hmm. Um, He's playing exceptional defense, which... I think he's two or three. Probably two. Yeah. Mobley, I've watched him once or twice. Um, So I can't just say, like, oh, I've seen him do this, seen him do that. But -hmm. what you see from Mobley is it's a... It's a twenty twenties big man. Like
1: pretty he, special.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if, he, if he can develop a, a shot, if he can take care of the ball more, if he could be a little bit more aggressive, um and maybe just diversify his portfolio defensively. He's a good defensive player, but sometimes from the game that I saw, he was kind of like he knew he could take a bit more chances because he had Jarrett Allen behind him. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see him take those chances when he knows that it could impact the game for his team. And not just because he has that insurance policy. But beyond that, I agree. Like, It's probably Mobley, safe to mm-hmm. say. But I wouldn't be surprised if they gave it to Cade. If I had a vote, I'd vote Cade just because he has to play for the Detroit Pistons. Um, but Mobley would be play. my number two. Yeah. They're about to play
1: tomorrow, Those two. We'll have it's to nice watch season.
0: it. Yeah, we'll have to watch it and uh, take notes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Most improved, though. What are you saying for most improved?
1: someone in the chat. They said Demar might win or Darius Garland, and those are those are good options. I yeah, would still go out.
0: Yeah, like I feel like if he if he's not even mentioned in MVP voting, he well deserves well deserves most improved. Like he is just an absolute unit. Um but quite I
1: cleanup. the second. That's I
0: feel for Garland. I really do because coming out of the draft, people were claiming that he was going to be a bust. This, that, and the other. And he just he proved he proved that he belonged, and he's one of those guys that's getting better every year. Made the All Star team. And. He's he's make, he's doing the work. He's putting he's paying his dues. So I don't hate on DG, but John Morant for sure. If not MVP, most improved. Um Defensive you, Player of the Year, do you have any opinions on it? Obviously it's not Carl Towns, but <laughs> what do you mean? I
1: haven't I have really looked into the defensive player of the year recently. I'm yeah. guessing that indeed's production's dropped off on that end since he's carrying the offensive load.
0: Massively. Yeah, (laughs) but he's still like. He's still mate like he's it's weird. He's like. Super productive on defense. He's just like Chris Paul is like Chris Paul's steals aren't there. I was about to say Chris Paul would be my depoy if he didn't get hurt. Like the, the face value. Stats aren't there. Um, CP's only at two steals a game but I think he's just absolutely impressive at his age playing the defense that he is Um, I think he might be second in win shares for uh, defensive win shares maybe top 10 in BPM but I I really don't even care about BPM either because that's a team based stat more than anything
1: good to be honest again
0: for sure for sure and that was what i was gonna say like i mean i kind of even want to say back to most improved i would even say luca for just his defense like what if i told you jj right now that chris paul and luca donakic have the same defensive rating
1: yeah i would have not believed that before the season
0: and it's true. Like, they both are at 105. And do you know who's at 105.5? Hmm. Marcus Smart. He's a good at? defender. Yeah. Do you know who's at 105.9? Who? J- Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah, he's a great
1: defender, especially this season.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, Luka Doncic gets no love for his defense this year, and I've, no one's talking about it. So we need to we need to talk about it. Like...
1: This is where it's going to be plugged.
0: (laughs) This is where it's coming from. NBA Twitter, NBA Reddit, you've been alerted. Luka Doncic (laughs) is an elite defender. Write it down. No, but uh, for real, though, I think... I mean, Jared Allen could be in there. If I had to give it to somebody, though, um, Giannis is a good shout. But I, I would say... God, if he didn't get hurt, I'm saying Chris Paul, like concrete. But he got hurt and he's out for like two months now. So he really can't win the award now, can he? Um,
1: It'd be crazy if he did one just from the fact that he's a small point guard.
0: God, so it really just threw off everything for me. And it could be mm-hmm. up in the air. Like it, it could be a lot of guys, but.
1: Some people are saying Jaron Jackson,
0: <laughs> Wallace Bridges. I'll say Miles Bridges. Or Mikhail Bridges, I mean, sorry, M- Michael Bridges. I'll say okay. Michael Bridges. I think he's. I mean, what do we? What were we talking about? All pod with the big three. He's part of that little two, and he provides defense and shooting. He's Probably like one of the best players you can have for that little two. Easily, easily, because you look at the other guy who's in the little two. It's Cam Johnson, defense and shooting. So it's. It's just uh, the 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 Suns are just unreal. The Suns, I'm so pissed at them for not winning the title last year because of how good they are. And this year, you could argue they're better than they were last year.
1: It's just kind of like they're, you know, hey, we're legit. It's what it's like from last year.
0: Yeah, season. They added Javale. This is it now. Like they gotta they gotta win the title this year. This is like their windows. This is it. Like I'm telling you, this this Especially is the last year of age. Yeah. This is the last year of their window. Yeah.
1: Definitely one of the last few at least. because unf-
0: unfortunately DeAndre Ayton I think is going to I think he's going to decline his like uh extension. He's going to get the 1 year um qualifying offer then he's become he's going to become a unrestricted free agent same thing that zion i think is going to do he's going to decline the max extension take the one year and then become an unrestricted or get traded now before we do head out and while we're talking about nba awards can we talk about the lackluster year that shea gilgis alexander's having
1: Oh, I saw his numbers recently.
0: I saw a lot of people telling me preseason, Shea's going to win most improved. Shea's going to be an all-star this, that, and the other. And this is a guy who got put into the biggest role he's ever had. This is a guy that quintessentially has the ball every possession and you're seeing what that volume shows. Like, I'm looking at his numbers right now.
1: That efficiency drop is just
0: yeah. And what people need to understand, it's the it's the eight, like it's the adage with Steph Curry, and it's why I really don't think that like Steph Curry's the quote unquote greatest shooter of all time. Maybe, like he he makes the most, but it's it's tricky like are we talking accuracy or are we talking volume somewhere in the middle which i do think that we need to find somewhere in the middle to to hit this ground next yeah because right now Steph's shooting almost the most volume of his career but he's shooting the lowest percentage of his career and i feel like those two stats really matter um, I feel like a guy who averages 47% from the field should not be shooting 43 a guy that shoots 43 from 3 shouldn't be shooting 38 a guy who's EFGs which I'm huge on EFGs is 58 he's shooting 54 and his turnover ratio is lower than what his career average is. so it's it's tricky to put steph in the mvp discussion when he's having a bad year a bad steph year i want to say and yeah he's he's really just not i think the only hardware he's going to win is that all-star game mvp because he's i think he,
1: they'll put him on all nba second team Maybe. I, can see I it. mean,
0: are he there. Won't make first, no. 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 I think first team is going to be Luca. But it also depends on how people vote. So I wanted to talk about media voting. So do you think the media voting is bad? Just face value. Do you think it's a bad way to do it?
1: Bad way to do it? Yeah.
0: I would think. You... Would you rather the players vote? Being something fair, else. Just looking
1: at the All Star voting, like between the fans, the players, and the media, I think I think the media does it best. Personally, you think out so? of those three?
0: Yeah, I think there needs to be like. Because one of the big issues that I have with the fan vote, or not fan, but the media voting, is mm-hmm. that the media gets a fill in the blank for their votes. So if they want to vote Luca in a point guard, they can do it. If they want to vote in Luca at forward, they can do that. But Luca, those votes count separately. So say Luca had like 160 guard votes and 120 forward votes. But Trey Young had 218 guard votes. He gets the guard spot over Luka, even though Luka has more votes altogether. Mm. I feel like I think the players should submit what position that they are playing yeah, solidify it. Solidify mm-hmm. it. And if not the don't let the players do it, have the coaches do it. Like there's thirty like coaches could easily do that. And then from that the media can do their voting. I think that's my only issue with the media votes. Um I agree. And I feel like you shouldn't be allowed to vote for the player in your market so like a guy from new york shouldn't be able to vote for katie but at the same time there's also like the the adage of what if katie's just having a crazy year um and maybe the yeah it would be tough it would be and the only other thing that i wouldn't mind them changing would be Like how, how like the first, second, and third teams are determined because you'd have guys on the third team who have more votes than the guys on the first team, but because they're not a forward or a guard, they're not in the first team. I think it should literally just be, Hey, these are the, these are the five most voted for players. This is your first team all NBA, the best five guys in the NBA. So you can have Embiid in there. You can have Jokic in there. You can have Giannis in there. Because this year, LeBron, DeRozan, Giannis, Embiid, Jokic, that's five forwards and bigs, right? (laughs) Two of those guys are getting left out of the first team. Unless LeBron's voted in as a guard and DeRozan's voted in as a guard.
1: Can they even do and beat and Jokic um, and beat and both on first team?
0: I think so. Yeah, cause it's two guards and two bigs, or it's three guards and two bigs. because
1: okay, I thought it was two guards, four two forwards and a center. What,
0: That's how it used that? to be, but I think they switched it up, uh, like in 2017. But like still, when five players who are having the best year are all forwards or bigger. How's that gonna work? Cause I don't, I think without a doubt Braun, Giannis, and Bede.
1: That's three points Jokic, right there.
0: Jokic, <laughs> Luca, DeRozan, Morant, yeah. Curry, Mitchell, maybe, Tatum. Like seven of that top 10 are forwards.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's already too many for two teams, let alone three. So it's going to be tricky. I think that if I could make one change to it, I would just get rid of the positional requirements. Mm-hmm. If these are the top five players in the NBA, let them be first team, you know? And. I feel like that that would institute a much more rewarding system because at this point, All-NBA is dictating contracts, right? Jason Tatum lost $35 million because he wasn't All-NBA.
1: Oh, yeah, with the super maxes?
0: Yeah. And the reason why he didn't get in the All-NBA is because he got votes as a guard and not a forward. But he had more combined votes total than some of the guys that got on there. So it's very tricky. Um, but let's say like, for whatever reason, it, it goes back to the old system, point guard, shooting guard, two forwards, and a center. Who's your Who's your first team All-NBA?
1: Wait, what you say? Uh, you said two guards, two forwards in the center, and then yeah. center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, two guards. DeRoz- DeRozan Rose doesn't count as a guard, right? He's a forward.
0: Yeah, he's definitely a forward. Okay. So I would say
1: Luca and Ja, probably. It's the backcourt. Okay. Front court. This is tough. I feel like. I feel like team record plays a big part in this too. I don't know if LeBron would be. Because even, if, you know, you're, you're, what well, you're saying about him being the say, best player in the league right now. Say, I don't know. If,
0: say the Lakers finish in the sixth or seventh seed.
1: Where would the Nuggets finish?
0: Um, Six or seven. Six or seven. Mm.
1: Yeah. So Giannis and Bede. They've finished a little, you know, more, May Lakers are a little better. I'd give to LeBron, but if the season ended right now, I think I'd give it to Jokic.
0: As one of the forwards?
1: Oh, yeah, you, you're you right. Two forwards in the center. If it's two forwards in the center, then I guess it'd be Luka, Ja, Giannis, LeBron, and then um, it'd be if that was the format.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's exactly what my first team would be. Uh, second team is where it starts to get a little bit more tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably have Definitely
1: DeRozan Jokic, I'd say. Second team.
0: Yeah. I think Jokic is the center. Easily. DeRozan's mm-hmm. one of the forwards. Easily. I'm going to do Booker. It's one of the guards, um, and I would have done Chris Paul, but he got hurt. So then I'm gonna elevate, and we'll do Curry second team, mm, even though he's having a bad year. Bad um, stuff here. <laughs> yeah, he's he's playing better than Trey Young, or his team's playing his team's better than the Hawks. That's yeah. the only reason why. And my other forward... See, this is the thing. It, it gets kind of top-heavy, um, but i probably just say if the, if the Celtics finish five or six, I'll say Jason Tatum, second team. And then third team, it, it's actually a lot easier for me. Third team is pretty much just the scraps. Um, you have Towns at center, because I don't think and that's there's a... more Bam than um, Bam missing when I'm one game. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I could see it. Towns at center. I think I'd have Trey in the guards uh, guard slot.
1: Levine maybe
0: is the second. I was gonna have him at the forward.
1: Is he Ford, he's a guard forward, I guess
0: yeah and that's one of the trickiest things I was gonna have Trey Mitchell Levine and then I would give the vote to draymond because I think he's just playing great basketball I think he's the most valuable player on the Warriors and then Has he missed many games or I don't I don't think he's missed too many games.
1: Let me see how many games out of
0: he's played 34 games this year out of I think they played like 60 or something yeah. So yeah, so he, he might not be eligible but when he was playing he mm-hmm. was playing great he was playing very good he should
1: good. have probably got the starting spot over Wiggins
0: <laughs> yeah 100% In my opinion. and if he's not active it just makes it tough like, who gets your we'll third get
1: all-star team right now?
0: Who gets your third team forward spot?
1: many game does Gobert
0: play? I would never <laughs> even consider Gobert for an All-NBA team. No, <laughs> know, ever. I know, you uh, didn't.
1: <laughs> you think they'll give any, any love to Jared Allen in the voting?
0: Um, No, because I think, I think Towns is just easily the third best center this year.
1: Oh, yeah, we're doing. In games, is Jimmy Baller played? 40, 40 out of 60
0: something?
1: Yeah, and he's and he the best the, player on the best team in the
0: East, so that's very true. Yeah, yeah, I guess for that reason, you give it to Jimmy. He's kind of had mm-hmm. a down year scoring wise, but um, he's kind of picked things up defensively, and it's not like you say it's a down year for scoring. Like, it's mm. one of his better years for him. But Jimmy's a team player. Jimmy's a bucket getter. Uh, you know, Jimmy, what you're going to get. And when you watch Jimmy, you know, like, that guy's a dog. Like, Jimmy's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's going to be in the top 100 NBA players in 25 years. Yeah. I I definitely think probably you could give it to Jimmy. Um, his
1: PR is really high even with his lack of a three ball his scoring
0: yeah and he really doesn't even like he really doesn't even take threes like that because he doesn't need to but he can hit threes like um, I don't really count as a regular season stuff but playoff wise I know he's a very I think his volume goes up tremendously and so does his percentage I like Jimmy. Is he a third team all NBA this year? Maybe for the it record. The competition. Yeah, maybe for the record. Maybe you give it to Jalen Brown, but
1: I think it's... it comes back to, you know, do you need do you need to have a guy on there for the Heat when they're the best team in the East? You already got Tatum for the yeah. Celtics.
0: But, but this, I guess it goes down to how you, how you choose to vote. Like, does individual stuff matter compared to team stuff? And I mean, it's night and day what you get from those guys. Like Jalen, you get a little bit more diversity on offense, but. Jimmy could be more dominant on offense and easily more dominant on defense. So I guess he would give it to Jimmy in in that case. But,
1: and, and Stan is going to pull up that. Jimmy just crushes him a lot of these advanced stats.
0: Yeah. But it's good that Jalen's even in the conversation. Because mm. you, you need to have a conversation. As soon as these conversations end, the game gets boring. But it is good to see Carl Towns, cause me and you, Jesus, we go in on the guy. <laughs> yeah, not the biggest fan, but you know, I will. I will say that um, out of everyone on the Wolves, he's probably
1: our most consistent guy. Still, was pretty bad lane games, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Been year. I'm definitely gonna watch the next Timberwolves game and just like just focus on him, um, and mm-hmm. just watch how he. And they play the Grizzlies next, right? Tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. So it's Jim gonna be
1: Jackson blocked quite a bit of his shots recently, so.
0: And not only do they like these are f... I'm just looking at these games coming up. Timberwolves, Sixers, Cavs, like they're he's gonna pretty play back three all pretty solid big men coming up. And then they play the Warriors. So these next four games, I'm interested in watching Carl Anthony Towns, and I don't think anyone's ever said that before. So (laughs) that'll do it for the the pod tonight. Uh, We went pretty good length, almost two hours. But um, Mm -hmm. appreciate JJ coming on. Again, you can go follow JJ on Twitter at JJCreatesMN. And we'll be back next week, same time. For episode three of the Purple NBA podcast. Anytime, man. Always welcome back. Have a great Mm -hmm. one, guys, and we will see you next week. Deuces.